This is Inner Healing Paths podcast. Here we discuss the healing of the mind, body, soul, and spirit through a variety of different paths. We have emotional and spiritually minded conversations centering on ancestral healing, psychology, astrology, yoga, meditation, magic, and indigenous spiritual practices of the world. I am your host, Rosa Shetty, and I am so happy you are here. Welcome. Welcome back to the podcast and thank you so much for listening again. Thank you for joining me. And if this is your first time, I hope you like what you hear. I hope that you find it helpful and that you can subscribe and, and follow us, follow the journey of this podcast. And for this episode, I had the opportunity to sit down with Nayeli Corona Sydney. She is a mental health therapist. She's also a specialist in perinatal mental health. And because this is Mother's Day month, I thought to you know to do an episode on mothering um, in honor of all the mamas out there. So Nayeli is going to share with you all about doing the shadow work as mothers and how important that is to work on our own healing to work through our own stuff so we don't pass that on to our children uh, we also her and I we, we both open up about our own postpartum stories and you know what came through for us the healing that that just being pregnant having a baby the healing that that provided in our lives so you're going to hear a lot about that. We also talk about matrescence and matrescence is a new word for me. I didn't know what it meant until I had this conversation with Nayeli. So I'm so grateful for her for being so generous with her wisdom, with her knowledge. I know that you will find it very, very helpful. And even if you're not a mom, I think it will still be very relevant because we just talk about healing from trauma. And I do want to give a trigger warning because we do talk about sexual assault as well. And I know some of you may be sensitive to that topic. So just FYI, I just want to let you guys know. And, you know, even though Nayeli and I, we are both mental health professionals, this podcast does not treat or diagnose any physical or mental health condition. This episode does not substitute for healthcare or mental health services of any kind guests have a right to share their opinion and perspective and this does not constitute an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Before we jump into the actual episode, I want to remind you all that I have a new inner healing collective and basically what that is is that we meet once a month for a healing circle and we talk about all things related to healing for the month of may the topic is going to be on healing the mother wound and actually that's going to be our very first healing circle if you're interested in finding out more about this please check out the show notes i'm going to have a link 
that will directly connect you to get more information or to sign up. And I think this is going to be such an important healing space for you all, especially if you're a listener and you're enjoying the topics that I'm that I'm having with, with some of these guests. If you want to dive deeper into your healing, if you want to connect with other women and femmes going through what you're going through, or if you just want to be in community and share, this is a space for you. Uh, like I said, it's open for women and femmes only, and just want to make it a very safe space for you all to just talk and be in sisterhood and heal together. You know, I, I, I've mentioned before in other podcasts, I firmly believe that when women gather, there is such a powerful, magical force that happens. And that can be so healing and so nourishing for our heart and for our soul. So if this sounds interesting, if this sounds, if you're curious about it, if it sounds like it's for you, check it out. And if you have any questions, of course, feel free to reach out to me through DMs or through an email. And also want to remind you all, if you haven't already done so, to subscribe to this podcast, share it with a friend, share it on your social media, leave me a review on podcasts. All of these things really, really help to reach more people so more people can get the, the message of healing and hope and resilience. So I think that is it in terms of announcements. And I will leave you guys to the episode with Nayeli Corona Sydney. Take a listen. Hi, Nayeli. Hi, Rosa. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me here. Yes, Thank you for of thinking course. of me and, and the work that I do. And I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, of course. Thank you. And I know we've been trying to get this. Uh, going for a while and I'm so glad we were finally able to make it happen <laughs> yeah our paths finally uh, <laughs> allowed for this yes. collaboration so I'm yeah. so excited about it yeah yes, same so Nayeli just for those that don't know you and you know just can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the healing work that you do yeah, thank you. So um, I am a Mexican-American therapist. Um, I was originally born in Guadalajara and have lived here in the U.S. since I was about three years old. So I'm a bilingual licensed clinical social worker and um, perinatal mental health certified therapist. Um, perinatal, um, Rosa, meaning mm-hmm. I specialize in that um, in that specialty of working preconception, pregnancy, and postpartum. Uh-huh. So postpartum mm-hmm. usually up to one year, right? Yeah. So that is my, this is, this is my niche, that, mm-hmm. that whole developmental stage of um, really the reproductive years. Mm-hmm. Um, my private practice is located in Rancho Cucamonga, um, but mm-hmm. currently, you know, with us living in the COVID world, I see mm-hmm. uh, clients all throughout the state of California virtually. So I'm, I'm glad that Wonderful. I think one of the silver linings of this pandemic is that it's mm-hmm. a light for so much of our work to be yeah. more accessible to others because so much of it is virtual. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. You've been able to reach more people that we wouldn't, you know, really be able to see otherwise. So yeah, that's, that's that is right. one of the, the, the things that the pandemic brought a lot of changes in, in mental health. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to to the to your specialization, how did you how did you find this niche? How did you, you know, how did 
how did this uh, calling happen for you for this specific population? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I will share with you that I had been um, in the mental health field working as a therapist for about 10 years. Um, established in the field working in uh, mental health clinics, both with families, children, and adolescents. And so during that time, um, I uh, started a family. My husband and I started a family, and I had um, my my daughter. My daughter is now eight years old, but she was really the uh, she was the uh, she was my portal, my induction into motherhood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, with her, I experienced um, very unexpectedly complications in the delivery, um, which resulted in a significantly traumatic birth that. Um, you know, that I had to um, heal with um, physically. And I will mm -hmm. say that in spite of the complications that came from this traumatic birth that were very much at a physical level, mm -hmm. I was able to regroup mentally and emotionally pretty well. Mm -hmm. And what I did not see coming was that um, three years later, when I experienced my second pregnancy, mm -hmm. um, I unexpectedly found myself experiencing significant, significant mm -hmm. levels of anxiety. Um, mm -hmm. and also depression very early on in my pregnancy. Oh. And it only sadly worsened um, mm -hmm. in the postpartum period. Mm -hmm. So an interesting thing, right? I experienced a traumatic birth with my daughter in my mm -hmm. very first pregnancy and nevertheless was able to, you know, integrate into motherhood and coped very well. Mm -hmm. Unexpectedly with my son, the birth went smooth. It was a scheduled C-section. There was no complications at all. Mm -hmm. And nevertheless, that mood disorder was very much mm -hmm. present. Mm -hmm. And so there I was, Rosa, a therapist, you know, many years into, into practice. And I found myself being a therapist who also needed a therapist mm -hmm. to really work through the nuances mm -hmm. that I was navigating in motherhood. And so this um, passion, you know, was lit inside of me. I was very curious about how this, um, you know, could unfold for me and how this worked for many other women. And the more that I learned about this, the more that I yeah. sought out training and reading and, you know, all the information, I just thought to myself, I can't stay working with adolescents and families. I want to yeah. work with this, you know, specific population. And so Rosa, that branched me out. Um, that was like the last push that I needed mm -hmm. to, um, you know, segue into private practice and, mm -hmm. You know, for the last few years now, um, this has been my my jam, my passion. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, and my heart centered work. Yeah, no, absolutely, and it's so needed, especially you know with the, with the, with people going through this process. I mean, it is it, it's a process that requires so much empathy, so much understanding. I, I, the way I see it at a different level, because it's, you know how I mean. You know, how would you describe them as a, as a therapist treating someone, um, let's say, same age, you know, around the same demographics, but um, this person is in postpartum versus just, you know, um, just, you know, depressed. I'm not saying just depressed, you know, but like okay. there's someone going through depression versus postpartum depression. What is the, the main difference that you see as a, as a therapist in, in approaching uh, a patient with, with yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really excellent question. See, um, it's interesting because with depression, we normally see, um, we find that there might be, you know, obviously the changes in mood, right? Some um, 
you, you will notice yourself more withdrawn from others, mm -hmm. fatigue, changes in eating patterns. Um, you know, there's there are these um, definitely marked um, signals of depression, right? The isolation, the um, uh, the the not wanting to be around others, difficulty sleeping, or maybe sleeping too much. But here with the addition of, of the postpartum aspect right now, um, either being pregnant or postpartum, when you add this, mm. this um, you know, this motherly aspect to it, you see an addition of the guilt and shame that also shows up in addition to the depression. Okay. And the reason for that, Rosa, is that, you know, we are expected to be happy, you know, we're able mm -hmm. to carry life. Um, and so there's this expectation of you should be happy, you're bringing life, you know, to to the world, or you, you wanted this pregnancy, why aren't you happier, right? And so definitely the, the, um, the levels of guilt or shame mm -hmm. um, are experienced in addition to, um, again, the basic markers of depression, you will also see the difficulty in um, embracing the pregnancy, mm -hmm. or if you've, you've had the baby, the difficulty bonding with your baby. And I want to also, I want to make a distinction, yeah. though, that you can absolutely love your baby deep down to your core. And still find the find yourself um, having a difficult time bonding with your baby, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, Those absolutely. two are not don't equal the same, and yet they they really leave leave you um, walking down the path of guilt and shame, um, which really just worsen the element of postpartum depression, right? There's this significant disconnect with yourself, with your body. I mean, there's so much that we could say just about the bodily yeah. changes, right? Yeah, so there's so absolutely. much that goes with it. Yeah. Yeah, and and it sounds you know I I work with trauma survivors, and it just sounds very the, the way you're describing it with the guilt, the shame, the disconnect with the self and your body, and mm -hmm. the inability to to connect. You know, it mm -hmm. just sounds very like a lot of what my my clients go through in a different yeah. way. So it's it's just it's it's a very deep process right to go the very deep depression and I think um, a lot of times as a society I, I think you're right like people don't understand it right because of what the things that you said it's like it should be a happy time how could you not be able to bond you know right. and so it triggered I could see how it just triggers a deeper sense of shame Mm -hmm. You know, Rosa, I'm thinking about, you know, developmentally, um, you know, through our lives, um, giving birth is such a, such a gift, and it's such a rite of passage in our lives. And nevertheless, you know, going back to your original question about what mm -hmm. are some of the additional things we might we might find um, in complications in pregnancy or postpartum with depression. And I wanted to highlight that in addition to that, like disconnect with self or the guilt or the shame, there's also this increased hypervigilance that comes, this constant worry of something happening to you or the baby, right? That is different from mm -hmm. being depressed or your, your right. typical level of anxiety, right? It is this absolute fear of a potential threat coming to you or to your baby. Mm -hmm. And because the nerves and like the nervous system is so overwhelmed um, because of all of the, you know, hormonal changes, that emotional load that you're carrying, that worry, um, it could also then lead to, um, to maternal rage, which is one of those tabooed um, mood 
disorders that occur very commonly in, um, in, in moms, you know, whether they're pregnant or postpartum, it's the zero to 10 very quickly, either with your partner or really even within yourself, just getting fired up. I've worked with moms who talk about experiencing road rage, you know, okay. while they were pregnant and not understanding why they were so mad. And it takes us, you know, doing some work, unpacking some of that to then realize and be able to identify it and name it as maternal rage and this like transitional emotion and thing that they went through, you know, while they were pregnant or postpartum, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, all of that is just because if you think about it, um, for a lot of like in your experience and for a lot of, of you know, women that go through this, it, it is it, it can be a traumatic process in in addition to the changes in your body, the hormones, you know, it, 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 it also it can trigger a lot of those trauma responses, mm -hmm. uh, just the birth itself, depending on how that went, right, and the care that they received, whether Absolutely. and, and the, the if they had the support of, 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 of a, of a partner or if they or any support right of family friends and, and you know so it could trigger so much it's just that process in and of itself you know the um the sense of isolation the sense of mm -hmm. missing and longing with or even bringing up things um from the past right past relationships past traumas mm -hmm. i know that um you know, for, for me, being becoming a mom has um, triggered a lot of questions about my childhood, things that I never really thought about, like, how was I when I was a baby, you know, how was uh -huh. my mom's pregnancy, you know, and like, uh -huh. digging into and for me, it was like, fine, digging into that, that path, finding out, learning new stories I had never, you know, heard before. So it could, it could, it's a process that can really unravel a lot for, for people, right? Yeah, I love that you're mentioning um, this, Rosa, this Rosa because um, throughout my work, you know, mm -hmm. in the past couple of years in this niche and the specialty with moms, I find that some of the well, first and foremost, um, when we when I first start working with them, like the foundational piece is um, identifying and treating whatever that um, that mood disorder may be, whether it is mm. postpartum depression, anxiety, OCD, um, you know, whatever, whatever might be at play. So identifying and treating that and that may look like therapy, it may look like medication, if, if needed, it may look like support groups, right, to to, um, to assist mom in integrating into that new role. So that's like a foundational piece. But this mm -hmm. um, thing that you're mentioning is this element of like shadow work, right? It's this mm -hmm. opportunity to look at those parts of us that um, maybe we've repressed, you know, for, for a lot of our lives that we haven't necessarily, those parts of us that have not um, been brought up to the surface for whatever reason, but motherhood yeah. has a way of bringing up those things in our past very much to the surface. And that's an important yeah. piece in this work. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I had uh, a couple of months ago, I had Mark Wallen. He wrote the book. It didn't oh, start with yeah. you. And, I love and, that episode. Oh, you, <laughs> I you have to congratulate it. you oh, on that. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So in, in that I, I shared and, you know, it just is coming to mind again is that for me, you know, I shared in that episode that I, it was a whole process of I had a lot of irrational fears around. Uh, I had a lot of anxiety. So there's a lot of irrational fears I would kick in every, you know, about and it could be anything depending on what I was doing that day um mm -hmm. and it was just this sense of 
I was that I wasn't safe, you know, and it just kind of um, it was like a theme and everything was great. You know, I, I was, you know, great. Everything like it was like a beautiful pregnancy, you know, in, in every way that you can imagine. You know, I had all the support, everything. But yet I just feel so unsafe. Like I felt like everything was like a threat, you know, like if I was driving and the car, you know, trying to, you know, um, change lanes in front of me, like was, it, you know, everything just seemed so everything was heightened, you know, in that sense of um, anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, and then when I, I, I reread during that time reading his book, I, I realized, you know, like, that's why I mentioned earlier, it's like, I need to find out what happened, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> what happened to my mother, my grandmother, maybe even beyond, because this is like, you know, I'm looking at it from, you know, like a ancestral picture. It's like, yeah, you're looking is, at the lineage piece. Yeah, because it didn't make sense, you know, and I know that anxiety, depression, all these things go beyond, you know, but for me, it just felt I got this intuitive sense that there was something beyond just this is not just anxiety. This is like a, a, a trauma response that I can't pinpoint in my own memory, you know, in my own life experience. And, and that led me to a path. Uh, and I, I, it just opened my eyes to just so much. And, and I was able to connect, you know, to that, that irrational fear that I was having to the stories that I learned, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, that came to mind because so much of, like you said, that shadow work, it, it, sometimes it's within our history, within our life, our life experience or our lived experience, but sometimes uh-huh. it, it's even beyond, right? Like what our mothers went through when they were pregnant, when we were babies, you know? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so and the just, epigenetic aspect of it, right? Which genes yes, get to be yes. expressed as a result of that lived in trauma from our ancestors. Yeah, exactly. It's fascinating. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So with that, with that shadow work, I know that, I know um, in your bio, you mentioned that you, you, you do that. I mean, you, you bring that also mm-hmm. as an element to, to be discussed and, and addressed in the therapy yeah. sessions, right? Yeah. You know, earlier I mentioned about the, the many unexpected ways in which um, our own lived experiences uh, might show up in a very um, maybe unexpected, mm-hmm. but strong way once we become moms. And I am... Um, uh, an example that's coming to mind right now is I worked with a mom, this was years ago, mm-hmm. um, who, who sadly had experienced a sexual assault, um, you know, at a certain age in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, and she thought that she had managed well, um, you know, had been able to compartmentalize that experience and move on with her life. And it wasn't until she until she became a mom. Mm-hmm. And in fact, her own child, you know, grew up to be that specific age in which she had experienced um, that, you know, horrible sexual assault, that she found herself experiencing panic attack, Mm. daily traumatic responses, you know, not knowing what, you know, what was coming up for her. And in our, in our, in, in us doing this work together, we were able to bring out this shadow parts of herself that she really had suppressed for so long. And once we were able to identify it, bring it into the room and do the deep work with it right whether um it wasn't just about talk therapy in in this case also included Mm -hmm. sensitizing some of the traumatic elements of that memory through um emdr you know a lot of modalities that could be used um uh overlap also with shadow work yeah 
Um, and, and that really um, was transformational and a key piece to, um, to, to this mom's, you know, experience in motherhood, again, bringing in um, the shadow work, but also mm-hmm. identifying the, the, this like traumatic elements that had been stored in her body for so long. But again, that key, that key, um, uh, the, the thing that opened the door to that was her becoming a mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and it's when you when you see it from that perspective, it's, it's like, you know, it, this it's it was an opportunity to heal right that oh, because she could have gone her whole life with this repressed in, in her body and, and, yeah. you know, and, and who knows what that could have triggered right so this was an opportunity to heal and to process and mm-hmm. and just and, and release this mm-hmm. trauma that was very much still present but suppressed and, and that's what happens with, with trauma. You know, it's, it's always, it doesn't go and it's there, you know, it, and, and it's, and just, it's just waiting for one opportunity through life and experiences or people. And, and, and you just never know when it's going to, you know, it's going to be triggered, but I see it as a beautiful thing because it's our body's way of, of, of helping us release what is toxic, right. you know, it's releasing this, this toxicity from our body, this emotional trauma you know toxicity which is a beautiful thing you know that that nature that nature gives us that's right and you and you mentioned this beautiful this beautiful truth i will say mm-hmm. and that is that we that we get to heal this right and it is such Absolutely. an empowering lens to look at this through mm-hmm. it's not like oh woes me this i experienced yeah. this and now i'm stuck absolutely mm-hmm. not yeah. it is yeah. it takes such strength and courage Absolutely. you know to show up in the therapy room or to to find someone that you can openly and yeah. vulnerably speak of this truth and yeah. to heal this it's 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 an amazing yeah 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 and you know and this is one of the reasons why I have this podcast because I feel like so many people go through these these you know go through these horrible experiences and then they live their whole life carrying this wound carrying this pain within them and they get triggered and they feel like they're all alone like this must just be happening to them or they feel like there's nothing that can be done because well it happened it's done and this is just how life is from now on and you know part of the thing of you know my mission and part of why I do this is to share that message that you don't have to live you know, with the, carrying this pain, it's almost like, you, you know, we, we carry this, it's like a heavy backpack, right? Like a heavy load yeah. and we carry it and, and you don't have to carry that backpack, you know, heavy, heavy backpack all your life. You know, there's, yeah. there's help and there's tools and, and there's different, different paths, you know, that can be yeah. like, you know, and that's why I called it, you know, paths, but there are different ways, different paths that you can find relief because that's really all what it is and you know I said it's a beautiful thing in the sense that these experiences is life's way of giving you opportunities for healing you know and so when we get triggered you know through motherhood for example it's such a huge trigger for you know and and and, you know for those that have experienced trauma just having a baby in and of itself or being sometimes even just being pregnant in and of itself is so triggering it's an it's an opportunity for healing and and if you you know and so many women just don't know right that this is this is a window you know it's the window to to Mm -hmm. healing it's a path to your own healing the life for you know for for here on and for your for your offspring for for your children's and your their children's children yeah you're you're you you have the potential you know if we have the if you realize this it's like you have the potential to end uh, a cycle to break those these these trauma cycles yeah 
That's right. You know, um, when you talked about we have the opportunity of um, looking at, you know, what is in our bag, you know, the things that we've been carrying. Um, one of the things that I also like to highlight is that when we do the deep dive, looking into, you know, the things that we've been carrying, we don't just find that the areas that we need healing in, but we also find that resiliency that is coded within mm. our genes, right? That has mm. been expressed. Um, I think for me personally, yes. this showed up in a big way um, when I was um, branching out from community mental health to finding the courage within me to branch into private practice. And so what I mean by that is I, I reflected um, on the matriarchs of my family, right? Not And not that there aren't strong men in my family because there are but I really narrowed down on the strength mm -hmm. and like that that resiliency and grit factor within the women in my family and it really went back all the way to like my abuelita mm -hmm. who, um, you know from her ranchito right in Guadalajara yeah. one day decided she was going to pack up her three little kids literally put them on a burro and mm -hmm. walked up to this and, and walked three days to make it to the city of Guadalajara where she decided she was going to open her own business and I thought darn it if my grandma could like move through that courage and mm -hmm. you know and, yeah. and and envision a different life for her you mm -hmm. know the passion that she has within then mm. why can't I, right? And so again, Absolutely. that's not necessarily a trauma piece mm -hmm. of my family legacy, but it is one of, of, um, of strength and one that I carry and really dig my heels in when I need to, you know? Absolutely. And, and that's passed on too, right? Like you yeah. said, thank you. Thank you for bringing that up, the, the resiliency that we all carry, even just the fact that we're here, you know, just the fact that you and I, you know, it, you know, is my family's also from Mexico, you know, and when you think of yeah. everything that they went through just to make sure that they're here in that, and, yeah. and just this moment for us talking about mm -hmm. this, it's like such a privilege, you know, to be able to have the ability to reflect to just have the ability to have to have this awareness you know to mm -hmm. reflect back on their history their journey and to appreciate it you know it's just it you know it just kind of brings tears to my eyes you know to think of everything you know that yeah. our our ancestors our abuelitas our mothers went through and our you yeah. know and like you said our, our abuelitos too but you know since we're talking about our you know, maternal mental health, I think it's, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it, we're, you know, we're highlighting our, our abuelitas, but every, you know, all of our ancestors, you know, went through so Absolutely. much just to make sure that we're here in this moment, right, in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, thank you so much for sharing that story, such a beautiful story, and I got a visual when you were talking about your, your abuelita <laughs> with, her, with her three little kids, it reminded me of Encanto. <laughs> Right. I, oh man, that movie has it has created a whole ripple effect. I think I for our community, it spoke so so um, yeah. so strongly, right, to to that generational piece mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. our culture. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is, right? Just mm -hmm. you, you, you do it for your children and, and you just, in your future generations, you do, you do. I know, you know, that's as a mother now, it's like, you know, everything I do, I do from, for my daughter. And I know that's how it was for my mom and my grandma, you know, and so it's, that's that ripple mm -hmm. effect that crosses, um, you know, time and space and generations later, that's still right. being felt. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. That was, that was a beautiful story. And, you know, just wanted to go back to to what you mentioned um, with the, the the shame and you know you mentioned mm -hmm. is this is such a, a strong theme for a lot of the women that you see that are you know especially in postpartum yeah. um, 
but you know, with, with, with shame and you said guilt, you know, I feel like that, you know, when you said those two things, it's just, I feel like it's almost like a theme throughout motherhood, right? It's Uh just, you know, I, 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 you know, it's, and I could just, I did, you know, I did not go through, you know, um, postpartum depression, you know, thank God, you know, I didn't go through that experience. I went through anxiety, Uh very severe anxiety during my pregnancy and after. Um, So I, you know, I, I did go through that, but I, didn't experience that that depression that I know it could be so debilitating but with it when it comes to the the guilt and, and the mm-hmm. shame I, I experienced that so when you said that I'm like you know but that's like a theme I feel like you know they yeah. just women going you know just going through this phase and and even right. now you know we, you know it comes up you know like whether I'm spending enough time or what you know if I'm working too much you know it's just this theme just I feel like it just keeps replaying in different ways throughout our lives oh, you know you're absolutely right. You're 100% right that there's this, sadly, there's so many intersections to guilt and shame. Um, Right now, I'm thinking, um, Rosa, about another um, thing that I bring into the therapy room a lot when working with this population is a concept of adjusting expectations. And this relates to that guilt and shame piece, because Um, For example, when, you know, as soon as a mom, you know, learns that she's pregnant or actually is trying to conceive or learns that she's pregnant or is postpartum, what what is something that we often do, right? We start looking and following Mm -hmm. accounts, for example, right, that might be related to our interests. Mm -hmm. Um, But what often happens, and and this is, again, an important part of the healing, because to recognize when Um, too much information is not necessarily too good. Sometimes less is more, right? And so adjusting an expectation, for example, can be to realize that maybe the accounts that you're following um, unexpectedly find you feeling guilty or shame over the fact that, you know, you're not quite loving the pregnant phase. Maybe you're not, you know, you're, you're postpartum and you're at home and you're crying and you don't know why and your house is a mess and your hair is up in a bun, right? And you're just waiting yeah. for your partner to come home so you can hand off the baby mm-hmm. so you can have a moment to yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you're scrolling through your feed and you're looking through the Pinterest mom or that influencer who has this like perfect, you know, curated Instagram yes. page. Mm-hmm. And it just adds to so much guilt and shame for to a mom who's already struggling and feeling like she's failing, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and so so again, so adjusting expectations and and um, identifying what is actually helping you and serving you and what isn't, and identifying those um, either like social media or um, expectations that are out from society, identifying those pieces and adjusting to what it is that you need and not what is out there being presented for you becomes an important piece. Yes, and you know, it just it's just bringing up so many because for me that was also a huge thing you know just like you said just going through instagram and seeing these because yeah you're absolutely right you start following all these accounts that are relevant to what you're going through which you know Uh pregnancy is like birthing and you know like whatever it is right yeah and Uh the expectations um become almost unattainable right at at that point and then it just changes throughout your pregnancy and then postpartum 
but that is such a huge element and you know i don't think a lot of i at least when i was going through it like i i didn't even realize that until you know right now that you're bringing i was like that would have been a great thing to to have a conversation about like you don't have your pregnancy or your process doesn't have to look like this one this is actually not real like or reality you know because we don't know what's going on really in those those people's lives you know absolutely and in those cases right once you identify that maybe those accounts are overly saturating with information or just not they don't leave you feeling good you know it's a perfect time to mute unfollow curate your feed to know another algorithm if you want to do gardening or whatever you Mm -hmm. know or maybe just play a game you know maybe it's that time to bring out the sudoku whatever right you know Mm -hmm. whatever it is that a mom needs for distraction is fine but let's identify the distractions that can then lead to triggers right because staying informed sadly can often lead to staying triggered an Mm. example of that is is um many moms right the breastfeeding journey is very very complicated it is not easy right nursing is not something that's going to work for every mom every family and so with that said um so if they're like struggling with that so they start following lactation consultants and you know all these um nursing accounts Mm -hmm. but if you know weeks go by and nothing is working for them every time they're looking at their Mm -hmm. phone and they're scrolling through moms, you know, nursing their babies, nursing in tandem, even, right? Mm-hmm. All these things, it can really lead a mom to just experience high levels of guilt, shame, mm. and, and ultimately like they're failing when in fact they're not, right? Mm. Yeah. Wow. That is so, so, you know, I think just in general, you know, we tend to, we're so hard on ourselves, you know, and so when, you know, and, and we're so hard on our body, you know, and then our body is just, you know trying to help us and do what what it knows how to do but our mind you know gets so fixated on certain things and certain expectations that we actually can block that 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 connection that communication from the mind to the body to just allow the body to do what it what it what it needs to do you know what it's what it's natural to do and 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 I feel like you know with depression anxiety is it just it 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 kind of like blocks off that that flow that energy you know to Mm -hmm. connect with your body for your body to be allowed or to do what it needs to do for you to make decisions that you need to make for yourself based on what you need and your Mm -hmm. baby needs not what is being um what you're looking at in your feed or 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 in as a segue to what you're saying another element Mm -hmm. of adjusting expectations like you said is um getting clear and determining what's going to work for you as opposed Mm -hmm. to what's worked for others and that may that may include doing things differently than how your family did things or what your Mm -hmm. culture did or 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 really doing kind of the the an evaluation of what within your culture do you want to bring forward for you your baby and your family Mm -hmm. and what parts of your culture do you feel that you want to do differently right again there's this a constant adjustment of expectations um, that comes as in our in our journey through motherhood right especially in this um in in this developmental journey of matrescence right Mm -hmm. Can you you tell us a little bit more about that? Because I know it's, it's a term that I've heard, and I'm not really familiar with with that. How would you define it? Or how would you describe that term? 
Yeah, I'd love to talk some more about it. So matrescence is, think about the term adolescence, right? We have adolescence, we've, we've had in mm-hmm. our vocabulary for very long. So it's yeah. this the developmental stage where there is significant physical, hormonal, emotional, and social changes, right? So now matrescence very much also encapsulates some of those changes that we see in adolescence, where in matrescence, right, this journey through motherhood, we experience the physical, hormonal, emotional, and social changes, right? So what's what's happening at a physical level, right? When um, it's, So this year round, right, that you're pregnant is mm-hmm. more than nine months because we're, there's also that fourth trimester, right? Yeah. Our body goes through such a significant change during that short period. And it really is a short period compared to like, you know, the extent of your life, right? Right. Mm -hmm. How much does our body truly change? And as a result of those changes, how much do you do um, the hormonal fluctuation that happens during that time? You know, there's a direct correlation to the hormonal changes to the mood and health, right? That a woman Mm -hmm. experiences, right? There's there, um, the depending on what might be going on hormonally, that can also cause the shifts in, in mood or overall health. There's also this um, developmental emotional piece to this in, in mat- here in matrescence, right? You start to wonder what feels heavy at that moment for you, right? Emotionally, mm-hmm. okay. you start to doing that, that deep dive of identity work, right? Rosa, and I'm sure you're a mom too, and yeah. so you've navigated this, mm-hmm. right? Once you become a mom, you, I mean, there's there's no way back, right? And and we mm-hmm. don't want any way back because we love our babies. Mm-hmm. But there is definitely this mental load of integrating who we were pre-baby, who we are now as moms, and then integrating the different parts of us. So whether that may be our professional lives, our working lives, um, you know, who we are as wives or partners, who we are as daughters to our parents, who we are as sisters to our siblings, right? Mm-hmm. So it's integrating all these like different parts of us and that emotional load that comes with it, right? Mm. Wow, and then so also there's this social, and then lastly, there's this social mm-hmm. piece, but just like teens will go through a phase where they're, you know, connecting with peers and, you know, uh, interpersonal relationships are really important. They're finding their cliques. Well, yes. in motherhood, our social life and, and scene also significantly changes, right? Because after we have children, there's a lot of significant changes and adaptations um, within our partnerships, right? With who it is that we might be Mm co-parenting or raising a child with, right? If there's a partner involved. Um, And you also will experience changes in within your own parents, very much like you said, Rosa, you start to get curious about, um, you know, how your parents Mm -hmm. did certain things, right? And so in Mm -hmm. matrescence, you might be, um, you'll, you'll definitely go through that where your um, changes in your in your relationships with others are happening. And also deep down, you're trying to make sense of what changes within your relationship you need are working for you and which ones are not working for you. So it's this constant identity shift. But this is one that is really like developmental, right? Just like adolescence is a developmental phase. Wow, that, you know, that I, that is such a, I mean, the way you describe it was so beautiful and it just makes so much sense. I mean, that, that just that one word, everything that it 
symbolizes you know it, it in in this whole it's it is it is very much a developmental stage a mm -hmm. a transition to another life right it, it mm -hmm. feels because you know for 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 those you know for, for parents out there I know like because I went we both my, you know both my my yeah. husband and I went through this it feels like we had another life in the you know before <laughs> before yeah. you know and it's like yeah it's like now we're living in a different life within our same life you know it's like we we go through many lives and I, and I know that you know you can probably relate Absolutely. to this but this yeah. is definitely another life it's okay. it's the life we had before is gone you know this okay. is and it's it's such a um and that in and of itself this is a loss right of, of, a, uh -huh. of a lifestyle and and then you go through this new new life where you have to basically renegotiate a lot of your relationships, set boundaries in a different mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. um, people naturally, you know, that you know, fall, you know, just you distance. You know, you you, you there's some distancing you now that happens because mm -hmm. you may not have the same things in common, or maybe it's just so. There's a lot a lot of change, and just in that, just socially, you know, sometimes oh, yeah. you don't even realize. I know I didn't realize all of those changes that were going to come with, with, with having, having a Absolutely. child. Absolutely. You know, I'm thinking right now about conversations that have come up in, um, in a pregnancy and postpartum stress group that I facilitate. Mm -hmm. Moms have often talked about feeling this sense of loss, right. Of this life that they had before they had their baby, of course, loving yeah. their baby, mm -hmm. but still admitting to feeling kind of sad that things mm -hmm. aren't the way they used to and knowing that they won't be the way they used to exactly. and, and kind of struggling with that. Right. And so at that moment, we've discussed how how true it is that growth can also be a grief process at times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that is because we're like shedding this, you know, our old routines, the old patterns that we may have had, right? And even if we enjoyed them, but it's not possible to have those patterns or those routines back. And yet, knowing that we are still growing and now creating new routines, creating new um you know, life experiences all yeah. together. And so it definitely is still on the path of growth, mm -hmm. um, but very much one that includes um, identifying what it is that you feel sad of letting go of. It's this absolute transition piece. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's in in that, that sense, like you said, the, <clears throat> the creating new routines, mm -hmm. um, that takes a while, you know, it's so many, I think mm -hmm. so many of us, you know, that, that, you know, at the beginning stages of postpartum, I think we get frustrated because things um, in one way they're, they're moving too fast and another way it's not moving fast enough. You know, it's like, it, it's like you want things to feel already like a routine, like, okay, this is what, but it, they're every day is different. It could be different. And then we didn't even, we haven't even touched on the fact that we just had, in the last two years, there's been a pandemic. So all these new moms or moms that, had babies during the pandemic it's a whole other ballgame too you know that oh, in, in, in and of itself but mm -hmm. the, this the creating new routines is so critical I, I mean I just feel like it, it, it's what becomes um mm -hmm. what calms your nervous system if you think about it when we know what to expect especially for, mm -hmm. you know I'm thinking of the, the clients that I work with trauma survivors it's really important to have that sense of like of normalcy okay this is what's going to come next this is a routine there's a beginning there's a middle that and an end to my day right? predictability mm -hmm. exactly yeah so when you, you know, when you're going through this major life changing event, all that is gone, you know, so, okay. so it's even more and just, you know, as we're talking on processing, it's no wonder, you know, so many women have such a difficult time in this 
this process before, during, and after having a child. Yeah, and you you did mention about, you know, motherhood throughout a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And and I'm so glad that you brought that up because, yeah, absolutely, we can't minimize for the last three years Mm -hmm. how significantly this has reshaped right, and impacted, um, you know, a family's experience, uh, you know, while bringing a baby into the world. And Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about it's not just, you know, the, perhaps the drive by baby showers that, you Mm -hmm. know, that happened instead of like the big family and friends reunion. So let's leave that for a side for a minute. That's a loss, right? Let's, Mm -hmm. let's name it that has happened to many, many families. But Another nuance that has another element of stressor that has been um, perhaps, especially I'm thinking about in the Latino community, and I know that there are also other cultural groups as well, who um, while delivering your baby, you Mm -hmm. have your partner in the room, but you also want that matriarch in your family in the delivery room, right? That was the case, at least for me. I Mm -hmm. wanted my husband and I wanted my mom there, right? And so for a lot of the, um, the moms that have delivered over these past couple of years as a result of this pandemic, even um, who will be in the room has shifted and changed for them where, you know, they were hoping at least their partner could get in there, right? Yeah, yeah. So that loss of support um, definitely has been such a contributing factor to the rise of perinatal mood disorders over the last couple of years. It's very sad. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's just, you know, you have, uh, you envision things going a certain way, you know, and then it's a, it's a, you grieve the, the loss of what you, of those dreams, right. Of, uh-huh. of those expectations that you had for yourself and which had been normal to, up to this uh-huh. point, right. You have your partner and then you get to choose who else you want. And now that's right. we no longer, or, you know, I think it's it hopefully it'll be changing, but especially yeah. like a year ago, you know, at the beginning uh-huh. of the pandemic or that first year, I mean, you had no choice, you know, some yeah. hospitals were okay with having your significant other there uh-huh. other, or, or just, allowing one person right Um, and then others were very strict with that and you know so yeah that that was terrible times for for, for, I can imagine you know I I had my baby a week before everything hit so um, mm -hmm, so she's from the end of I, I had her at the end of February um, we just had her her second birthday oh, and, her. <laughs> and celebration and acknowledgement to you as a mom. Oh, right? yeah oh yeah absolutely you know and it, it really did take a couple years you know to feel like um mm-hmm. that sense of routine at least for me you know it, it does take a while but you know we, we were lucky in that sense because we a week after mm-hmm. or maybe like a week and a half after everything just Shut hit down. the fan yeah everything yeah. was like what is happening you know for me I was at home recovering so it didn't yeah. really make a difference uh-huh. you know in terms of going out because I wasn't yeah. going anywhere for for a while yeah. but I was just so lucky that you know it was a week like a week and a half before eight like a ten I think it was like 10 days mm-hmm. uh and then I I had my, I had my you know my my, my husband and my, my sister and my mom were like everything was normal it was like nothing yeah. like a normal routine having a baby yeah. in the hospital nothing you know and then it was like everything changed and I was and I just felt so grateful you know that yeah. I missed it you know I, I missed I'm so that glad for, that you had that experience mm-hmm. yeah I was able to have that and of course it was the the aftermath was was hard because of the you know the, the uncertainty of the pandemic but 
Mm-hmm. At least I, I had that. And, you know, at least I, I can look back and, and because honestly, like some, some partners were not able to be in the session. That's right. I'm, I'm sorry, in the session. Yeah, sorry, yeah. In, the, in, in the birthing in the birth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's a complicating factor. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, so, you know, Naila, I think we're, we're about to run out of time. And I know we, yeah, this is yeah. like a topic that we can I, I know I can talk forever about this because it's such a fresh experience for me. Yes. And, and it's something that so many uh, other people that, that I work with are navigating while they're navigating other, you know, things that they've experienced. So this is, this is just life, right? I feel like we're talking about life. We're not talking about a condition. It's, this is just how life is. Absolutely. Yeah. Half of the world. Mother, mother, motherhood and parenthood doesn't operate in a vacuum, right? We become uh, mothers and parents as we're navigating through life and again, managing all different elements of our life. So this isn't just like a one aspect of us. This is like an intersection to our other aspects of life. But you know, this becoming a, a, a parent, becoming a mother is a transformative experience. I, I really thank you for the opportunity to um, to have this conversation with you about um, you know all these things that may be impacting the overall health and well-being of, of moms yeah no thank you yeah, you've shared so much wisdom. I learned, you know, so much just, you know, in these 45 minutes that we've been talking, I mean, it's, been, it's such a, a fascinating field and I could see why you love it so much and you have so much passion. I could, I, I feel, you know, I your do. passion and, yeah. and your love for, for this and you have so much knowledge and you're so, uh, so generous in sharing that oh. knowledge with us. So I appreciate that. And, you know, for, for those listening that would love to learn more about you and maybe, you know, connect with you and, and work with you, how can they find you? Yeah, they can find me on Instagram at Nayeli underscore LCSW. And that will then link you to my, to my website. And I'd be happy to um, connect with anyone who might have any questions. Um, like I mentioned earlier, um, even if I don't get the opportunity to work one-on-one with individuals, I do um, facilitate a free pregnancy and postpartum support group that runs, again, free twice a month. And that is virtual, so accessible to, um, to any mom who would like to participate within the state of California. So that's oh, wonderful. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much again. And I hope that we can have this conversation again, you know, because there's so much to talk about just with this alone. I would love that, Rosa. Thank you so much. Of course, of course. Thank you, Nayeli. I'll see you later. We'll talk soon. Okay, bye. Bye bye. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope that you found it healing and nourishing to your mind and soul. If there's a friend that you think would benefit from listening to this information, please share it. Share about our podcast. If you feel called to, please leave us a review as this really, really helps boost our presence here in Apple Podcasts and it makes it easier for others to find us to stay up to date on new episode releases and special events and projects that I'm working on. You can follow us on Instagram at Inner Healing Paths Podcast, and you can subscribe to my newsletter by going to my website, which is rosachettilcsw.com. And I will include this information and links in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to sharing with you again next time.